We're talking about the Garden of Eden today. The title would be Eden, I suppose. I'm not sure I even gave it a title when I sent the notes out. Uh, but if I didn't, then that'll be it. I, I alluded to it last week. I've experienced some of it this week. I feel the presence of the Lord right now in a profound way. And I want that for all of us as a way of life. I long for that for all of us as our way of life. And I just want to start by saying our purpose is greater than pulling off a great Sunday. Can you just engage with me on that for a moment? Our purpose as a church family, as the body of Christ, is greater than pulling off an amazing Sunday of services. I'm standing over there and I'm hearing people start to, something just emerging out of your spirits and it's powerful what God is beginning to do. And, and what happens in the commercialized church world of the Western uh, civilization that we live in, we start hearing that, sensing that, watching that, picturing that, filming that, marketing that, handling that, producing that, tainting that. And we must not manipulate and handle the anointing or what God's desiring to do. And um, I think we're all learning more of, of how that's become the expression of, of the church in the, in the Western world. And I man, I struggle with this during worship because I didn't want to say it, but I just feel the Lord asking me to say it. Because I am for pastors and I am for churches and we work with pastors and we work with churches and I want these church leaders to be encouraged, but I just want to say this and it's important and I'm saying it to myself. If church leaders don't pay attention to what God is doing in this hour, church families are going to excel spiritually beyond them very quickly. And there is something significant that God is desiring to do in this moment in the body of Christ. And what I'm about to share with you today, I feel like is utterly significant to what that looks like in our personal lives. So let me reiterate again, our purpose is greater than pulling off a fantastic Sunday. <clears throat> you were born to be a gateway for the king. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. We've not really looked at ancient doors, and I've not really paid much attention to it, but as I was praying into this this morning, walking in here during worship practice, I, I realized that we are the ancient doors. Before God formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. There's something of an ancient expression of the well of the Lord that exists within you because God purposed you that way. It's beyond our comprehension as we're living in the temporal nature of, of thinking in, in this realm but it's a reality. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your heads. Next week we're going to talk about that. Lift up your heads. Lift your countenance to this glorious king. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. So we know that we bring God's presence to real life. We know that's a part of what God's asked of us to be an expression of, of what he's deposited here. 
as, as we cooperate with what he's building, we want to pay attention to how he goes about that process in many ways. And we know that we bring God's presence to real life. Not only do we bring God's presence to real life, but now we also fully understand, or uh, we more so understand, I should say, that we bring God's presence to real life in every realm of society and on every level of community. In every realm of society, on every level of community, anywhere we're gathered with other people, that's what we're doing is bringing God's presence to real life. We're not presenting a bunch of religious ideologies that are beyond the scope or reach of humanity, but actually we're sharing the grace and the love and the compassion of God that draws people in, real life interaction with God. That's what God is desiring for us to understand. So we bring God's presence to real life in every realm of society, on every level of community. How do we do this? I I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain this, but I just sense... There is a a festive atmosphere around us in the heavens right now. Uh, I I sense there is attention from angelic hosts on the topic that we are diving into and the season that we have come into. You, you You do believe in spirit realm, right? We're here because we believe in the spirit realm. Some, some of you have entertained angels and didn't even realize that the Bible says that clearly you entertain angels unaware. Like, I don't, I don't understand what all that means, but I do realize there's way more going on than what any of us realize. And today is the day that we become more aware by way of revelation of Jesus Christ that there's a realm around us that we need to learn to function in and operate in, paying attention to not just the temporal realm. Jesus didn't do miracles because he figured out how to conquer the temporal realm. Jesus did miracles because he was so in touch with the realm of eternity that in the midst of the temporal limitations, the the realm of eternity actually transformed everything that he would place his hand to, the words that he would speak. There's fire in my eyes. There's substance in my words. I believe that's what God is desiring for us to carry. Something coming out of every single one of us. Why don't you just open the gates today? Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Come that the king of glory would come in to our lives through our lives genesis chapter 2 verse 15 we begin to see a picture of how we're supposed to do what i'm talking about doing today it says the lord god took man and put him in the garden of eden god's originally designed atmosphere for man to flourish was eden the garden of eden God's originally designed atmosphere for man to flourish is Eden. So, Garden of Eden, anybody know where the Garden of Eden is? You know, like, we don't know. There's no, we've not been able to determine the geographical location of the Garden of Eden. And maybe it's because the Garden of Eden isn't so much a geographical location But maybe the Garden of Eden is what I was referencing a while ago, where man experienced God's unrestrained presence as a result of unadulterated communion and deep fellowship with God. Maybe that's where we're designed to live, and we can experience that wherever we are, regardless of geographical location. In fact, uh, The point I made last week, and we'll just revisit it 
the late Dr. Miles Monroe, just phenomenal orator, uh, revelation of God's kingdom. He began to speak of Eden, and he had a great insight to the Hebrew language, and, um, and he, he shared how Eden actually in the Hebrew is a word that's spelled with five unique strokes, and in the Hebrew language, um, the, the strokes actually have meanings, so the words have embedded meanings that are beyond just the word expression itself. And the, the five strokes for the word Eden are spot, moment, presence, open door, delightful place. Spot, moment, presence, open door, delightful place. Eden, the place where God designed man to thrive and interact with him in the uh, unrestrained presence of God <laughs> through unadulterated communion with the Lord, deep fellowship with the Lord, is the place where God actually took man, put him in a spot for a moment where the presence of God was an open door to heaven, making our world a delightful place, Garden of Eden. God took man, put him in a spot for a moment where the presence of God was an open door to heaven, making our world a delightful place. I want to just say it one more time, and I want you to think about the spots where you're going to stand in the course of the seven days ahead because God is purposing to put you in those spots for those moments where the presence of God becomes an open doorway to heaven, making your world a delightful place. Do you understand? It's, it's, it's just wild. It's radical. This is who we are. Open the gates. This is not a packaged series we want to market. We, we stopped packaging the series, and we just started discerning the season, and we want to just cooperate with Jesus as he builds his church, and the only way he's going to build his church is to awaken you, God's people, us, God's family, sons and daughters of God, to stand in every spot wherever we go for that moment as we embrace his presence and an open doorway from heaven suddenly rushes in and begins to transform society, making it a delightful place. That is the kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I was, I was really uh, amazed this last week. I, I heard this story of somebody who's going to be sitting right over here in the 1130 service. His name's Nick Hoey. And Nick, uh, great guy, he, he, was, uh, he was just not too long ago ministering to somebody on a personal level. This person happened to be a part of the homeless community here in the Oklahoma City metro. And had that person went through an unfortunate series of experiences, wound up in the hospital facing uh, just an incredibly difficult decision about surgery, amputation specifically, frostbite to the feet. Just an awful situation. And he kept on saying... Um, the doctor said, we need a decision, we need a decision. And he kept on saying, I need to talk to Pastor Nick. And they didn't know who Pastor Nick was. They, they racked their brains with what churches had pastors named Nick. And, and Nick's not a pastor, yet he is. As are you when you surrender to Pastor Jesus who wants to love on people wherever you are in that spot for a moment and the presence of God opens the doorway of heaven and the 
I mean, do you understand? And so they, they finally figured out, he's, he's talking about this guy named Nick that he's crossed paths with, and they got Nick, and they called him up, and they said, uh, uh, hey, we need you to come to the hospital right now and talk to this guy. He's needing to talk to you. He's calling you his pastor. And so, so he's driving to the hospital, and he's actually calling me on the phone, and, and we actually had this, um, we dedicated our baseball field uh, this last week. It was very exciting, a ribbon cutting and all that going on. I'm standing out there uh, while my phone's ringing, so I have to, you know, call screen him while I'm in the midst of that and afterward I called him and he said yeah I was just needing some help I was going into this situation he described the whole scenario he said I didn't know what to say like he's calling me a pastor and he's got these decisions to make what am I supposed to do and he said I was just needing you to tell me what should I do and and I couldn't get you so I just went in and he said all of a sudden it was just all in the moment he said all in the moment (laughs) all in the moment it just came all in the moment, he said, I just, I just began to share. And he told me what he said. And it was, I mean, it was brilliant. I, I literally said to him on the phone, I said, Nick, I'm glad you didn't get me. Because like, I wouldn't have come up with something that awesome. That is exactly what that moment needed. And I don't think I would have been able to come up with that great job. He said, yeah, I don't know. It was just on the fly. It was just all in the moment. He was in a spot for a moment where the presence of God invaded and heaven began to open. And the Lord began to minister in a powerful, profound way. Now, what you have to understand about Pastor Nick is Pastor Nick actually has had multiple, multiple felonies in his past and was facing 25 years to life in prison, and they gave him one more opportunity as he then got checked into a rehab facility where some dude named Brad began picking up guys, bringing him from the rehab place to destiny where Nick would meet Jesus. You might see him in the parking lot sometimes waving at you when you're coming in, and you don't know his past, and you don't know his history, but God's done a transforming work in his life. Oh, and by the way, Brad is the Brad Tracy was talking about in the beginning of the service, who's just been recognized at his workplace as a manager now. He's celebrating 10 years of sobriety from meth. Can somebody celebrate today? He and Stacia are walking miracles. And they just decided, you know what? God wants us to wherever we go in that spot for a moment to allow the presence of God to become an open heaven right into the earth in our five-foot circle. And I see Jason over here who's stepped into such a greater place of strength in life. And Brad and Stacy, I know, have had such a great influence on you. And now you're beginning to have an influence on others. And I want to say to you, Keep standing strong. Keep walking it out. Let God's presence be strengthening in your life and your legacy. It's just this domino effect. And life transformation is breaking out. Life transformation is going to continue to break out on a mass scale. As people start to understand, they are appointed and ordained by God to stand in a spot wherever that spot is for a moment. As the presence of God creates an open doorway for God's kingdom to invade the earth, making our world a delightful place. Angels in this place of God's presence are incredible creatures designed by God. And angels outside of the presence of God begin to malfunction and become demons. 
sons and daughters of God in this place of God's presence are incredible creatures by God's ordained and appointed design. These are the kings and the priests and the prophets of this world. And in the presence of God, we are activated to prophesy and to rule the way God desires for us to rule and to conquer the way God desires for us. So we are the kings, priests, and prophets and sons and daughters of God as we stand in the presence of God. But outside of the presence of God, we malfunction and become slaves to sin. This spot for a moment where the presence of God invades your heart and your home and your world is a very important spot for you to experience and prioritize as a way of life because it will cause you to become more spiritually fully functional in the way you walk out your faith. We were created for more than pulling off a great Sunday. <laughs> but the atmosphere is vital. We have to get our atmosphere right. I've shared the illustration many times before, but we had been on a trip, came home, and there was algae growing on the side of the pool. I mean, algae is Satan's gift to humanity, in my opinion, and so I grabbed the pool brush and started scrubbing that off, and I mean, I worked hard and worked hard, worked, finally scrubbed all the algae off, and I was so excited, and a day or so goes by, and you're never going to guess, Satan manifests himself in our swimming pool again, and there it was in a broader stripe. So I'm scrubbing it off, and, and, and three or four days pass, and, and again, it comes back, and I am thinking to myself, this is getting ridiculous, and I finally realize, you know what I'm doing is scrubbing the side of the pool. What I need to do is treat the atmosphere of the water, and as soon as I treated the atmosphere of the water, and I got the atmosphere right, the pool stopped growing algae. I'd like to say to you, why don't you stop scrubbing the sin off the side of your life and address the atmosphere that will truly produce the change and cause you to function the way God's designed you to function, standing in the presence of God Almighty. Come on, why don't you just celebrate and call it on in. Call it in over your life. Call it in over your family. Call it in over your home. Call it in over your children. Call it in over your children's children. We are men and women of the presence of God Almighty. Leonard Ravenhill made this statement. The praying man is not sinning, and the sinning man is not praying. Do you believe this? When we're in touch with the things of the Spirit, we neglect the things of the flesh. When we're in touch with the things of the flesh, we neglect the things of the Spirit. The praying man is not sinning, and the sinning man is not praying. And I want, to, I want to just challenge you. You'll, you'll hear me say it a lot. I don't mind repeating myself. It's important that we rehearse the things that we value in our lives. Because if we're not careful, God brings revelation. And then because we neglect to rehearse that revelation, we lose what he's chosen to reveal. And I believe it's a very important thing for us as men and women of God, sons and daughters of God, kings, priests, and prophets, to cultivate the atmosphere of the presence of Lord of the Lord in an intentional, direct way. That's why we constantly come back over and over and invite you and your children to cultivate the idea of turn the page. It's so simple. You get an old-fashioned Bible. You start in the book of Genesis. Every day you write the date at the top of the page. 
The next day, you write the day at the top of the page. You just commemorate birthdays, anniversaries, kids' first steps, meaningful moments that happen, whatever that may be. You, you document that in your Bible. And one day, those Bibles that you cultivate, Genesis through Revelation, will be handed down to your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. And they're going to have this heirloom to begin to look at somebody's faith that had been handed to them to impact the spiritual climate of their lives, and they'll be enriched as a result of this if we're willing to do what I'm talking about doing. This is not just about you. This is about generations after you. I'm so glad we have digital plans. You cannot give a digital plan to three generations. In a digital world, we need to be able to cultivate human moments somehow, and this is the way that we can do that in our faith. The praying man is not sinning and the sinning man is not praying. When we're cultivating that atmosphere, something begins to be established in our lives. Romans 8, 13, by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. The praying man is not sinning. Galatians 5, 16, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The praying man is not sinning. I mean, you could go on and on and on where the scripture reveals what I'm talking about. When you are spiritually awake, you will walk in a place of greater strength. Stop rubbing the sinful algae off of the sides of your soul. Begin to treat the atmosphere that will truly produce the change. Be ye transformed into the men and women of God, the sons and daughters of God, the kings and priests and prophets that he has designed you to become as a result of learning to live in his presence as a way of life. Genesis 28, 16 to 17. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. I was in a spot for a moment where the presence of God was ready to invade the earth from heaven, and I was not aware of it. That's what he's saying. Verse 17, he was afraid, and he saw how awesome is this. He said, how awesome is this place? This, this place, what place? This spot for a moment where the presence of God was about to invade the earth. <laughs> how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the spot for a moment where the presence of God opens heaven as a gate into the earth. It becomes a delightful place. And suddenly, Jacob is there watching Jacob's ladder that we're, we understand what was taking place in this moment. And we're, we're, it's a famous story of Scripture. And the old uh, Led Zeppelin hymn was, hymn was written about Stairway to Heaven. And, and all these things that we're looking at as we're evaluating what was taking place. It was a spot for a moment. It was a spot for a moment that existed before he realized it existed. And my question to you is how many times this past week have you been standing in the spot for a moment that existed before you realized it existed and because you neglected it, you missed it, and you've walked on not paying attention to what God was desiring to reveal, but now we're being awakened. And I want to say, wake up. I think it's time for you and your friends to wake up. I believe the roaring lion of, uh, of the tribe of Judah is starting to awaken the roar of God as we meditate on what God is desiring to reveal and we become a prophetic company of people in this hour of the church. This is the gate of heaven, he said. And in Psalms 84 Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are in the highways to Zion. Would everybody say highways? I, I love this. 
this is the famous portion of scripture, better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. And that is just one of the most rehearsed phrases in my prayer life. There are times I'm just praying and I just will just get in that spot for a moment where the presence of God becomes this open doorway. And I'm just standing there and I, and I start rehearsing, better is one day, one day here, Lord, in this place than a thousand elsewhere. The best the world has to offer pales in comparison to what God desires to reveal in the way you live your life. It's a powerful portion of scripture. And here it is, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. Highways literally means thoroughfare or staircase. Literal meaning of the Hebrew word in that particular text. Thoroughfare or staircase. I want you to know Jesus is the way you encounter God. And I, I want you to know Jesus doesn't point to the stairway. Sometimes it's important that you pause and think about what, what I'm trying to, to communicate, what I feel the Lord is wanting to say. I, I want you to know, Jesus is the only way to encounter God. And Jesus does not point to the stairway. Jesus is the stairway. In fact, we read about it in John 1:51. He then added... I tell you the truth, Jesus said, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. This sound like anything you've read in scripture before Jacob's ladder? Ascending and descending on the son of man. He doesn't point to the stairway. He is the stairway. And when you access heaven by accepting Jesus Christ, you then are positioned to stand in a spot for a moment where the presence of God opens the gateway of heaven and your world begins to become a delightful place. Lord, forgive us where we've put so much effort into our human efforts rather than just learning to rest in a spot for a moment where the presence of God is an open doorway that heaven would invade our hearts. Do that right now, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead, if the worship team would come. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we just take this moment as we're in this spot together. Such a beautiful moment. Such a beautiful place to treasure your presence.
See, even before the music begins to play, you can experience this beautiful moment. Do you understand? What that means is, even after the music stops playing, you can still experience this beautiful moment. What that means is, tomorrow morning when you wake up and nobody's preaching God's word to you and there's not a worship band to pick up your disposition, you can actually open your eyes in the morning laying right there in your bed and just experience the spot for a moment where God's presence is readily available in your life and an open gateway from heaven begins to invade the earth and your day becomes the expression of this delightful place. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven through the staircase of the person of Jesus Christ that extends an invitation to each of us and to all of us right here in the earth to begin to experience something of the heavenly nature of God as our way of life. Could I just ask you to stand in a spot for a moment where His presence <laughs> It's an open doorway filling our hearts fall to overflowing where we become the move of God. The kingdom of God is not about an out, uh, a downpouring. The kingdom of God is about an outpouring. Not where we're wanting him to rain down on us, but it's where he awakens things within us that then flow out from us the outpouring of the kingdom of God. You are the gates. You are the ancient wells and the ancient fountains that have been established in the earth and are positioned in certain spots at certain moments. Why oh, the devil has a big headache because those fountains aren't just in one location. They're everywhere, moving around all the time, every place you go. So Holy Spirit, we, um, we just pause in this moment and say, we know that Jesus doesn't point to the staircase. Jesus is the staircase. That there is no communion with God if there's not a heart that embraces Jesus as our Savior, declaring the Lordship of Christ over our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name. Come on, in your posture of surrender, I want to ask you, maybe you've never surrendered to Christ and this is your moment to do that. Maybe you've surrendered to the Lord and just want to go to a deeper place of surrender. But I just want to ask, in a posture of surrender to Jesus, He is who He says He is. He's the Savior of the world who came to rescue all humanity to become that staircase suspended between heaven and earth on a cross. He died so that we then could have access from earth into heaven. God becomes our Father. In a posture of surrender, if that's you, you say, I want to surrender to Jesus fully, completely, everything I am. Just lift both your hands in a place of surrender. We surrender to you. People uh, online, I would encourage you 
lift both your hands physically and surrender. We bless you, Lord. We surrender to you. We acknowledge we are desperately, hopelessly lost without you. But we are radically, phenomenally awakened in your presence. Thank you for entrusting the treasure of a spot for a moment where the presence of God is an open door to make our world a delightful place. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, if you agree, Jesus is Lord. Just say amen. 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 We love you, Lord.